I'll tell you, if you have your Bibles, let's, let's go to Matthew, Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. You know, Pastor Miranda and I were talking yesterday, and, you know, one of the things she, uh, she, she had mentioned something that Oral Roberts had, had said, and uh, I don't even know that she's touching on it tonight, but even this morning as I was, I was, I was thinking about even this sermon and, uh, you know, things that were stirring in my spirit, you know, it, it was one of the things that Oral Roberts, and I'm probably misquoting it, and I'm probably not even saying it correctly, but, but, you know, we were talking about this very thing yesterday and how Jesus will show himself. He will show, him to, he will show himself to every person differently. He, he will show himself to a person in a way that, that they need to see Jesus. It, that, it, think about that. He, he shows himself to people the way that they need to see him. I mean, because, you know, listen, I, I didn't see, I, I, I see, <laughs> you know, there were times I seen Jesus early on in my salvation, and I'm like, I, I, it, it, it had to be him. It, ha- it, it completely had to be him. At times, I'm driving down the road, and I'm thinking, you know, even the trip to Hana one time, coming through a turn, thinking, how in the world did we just not hit that car head on? Jesus will show himself faithful. He will show himself faithful to his children. I, and I know that. And I, I truly know that. But, but listen, that's who he is. That is who he is. How you see him. The things that he does in your life. I'm telling you, man, he, he will, he, you know, he'll, he'll, you know, I always say, you know, I remember a guy one time, I said, you know, Jesus will wreck you. He was like, what? I don't want to be wrecked by you. What do you mean wreck me? You know, he'd come to church every, you know, he'd come to church and he'd be like, I'm just not getting wrecked. You know, and I'm like, he would say that every other week. I'm just not going to get wrecked by Jesus. And, you know, and he, he kind of set his heart towards that, that I'm not going to get wrecked by Jesus. But I'm going to tell you, Jesus will, you know, understand wreck is, is like he'll, he'll mess things up to turn things around for his benefit. He, you know, and I'm telling you, even the times in my life I've seen God do things. It, it, it seemed like it might be a mess. It seemed like that, you know, how could, how could God shine through in an hour like this? But there he was. There he was. In an instance, there he was. There he was. Praise God. You guys with me, Matthew chapter 4? You know, I'm, I'm thankful. But I, I want to tell you, I'm thankful for the men here. And I'm thankful, you know, uh, I'm thankful that even, even right now, there is, there is as many men in this house as there are women. Praise God. That is good. Can I tell you how good that is? Because that's not always the case in a lot of houses, in, in a lot of places of worship. The women are going with their kids, begging for the men to come, right? So I'm thankful that you guys are here. So praise Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, four, uh, four verse 18. And it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw the two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat of Zebedee their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boats and their father and followed him. Father, I thank you, Lord, for today. I thank you, God, that even even so, that God, that you you are making fishers of men. Lord, even so, Lord, that you do it quickly in this hour. Lord, every tongue, every every tongue will confess every knee shall bow that you are Lord that you are God so Lord I thank you I thank you that you're doing a quick work Lord in this body and in this church in Jesus mighty name in Jesus mighty name 
You know, I, I, even the men today, and, you know, and this message is, is for women just, just as it is men. But, you know, one of the things that Jesus, you know, he, he takes this, this, this scripture is, is really such a powerful scripture because it's the beginning part of real true discipleship. You know, they had seen the mighty miracles. They had seen the mighty wonders, the things that Jesus was doing. They, they, you know, they were not only intrigued by who this guy was, they believed who he said he was. Come follow me. Leave your career. Leave your business. Come follow me. And that's what Jesus said to him. Come follow me. I'm going to follow that guy. I'm going, I'm going to follow that guy because I believe, I believe he is who he says he is. You know, th there was so much talk. Could you imagine? There's, there's all this talk about the Son of God. The, you know, that, that he's doing mighty miracles, mighty signs, mighty wonders. I'm going to follow after that. You know, and this is what Jesus said. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Seems so simple, doesn't it? You know, the gospel, I'm going to tell you today, the gospel is not complicated. It's, it's, not, it's not full of just mysterical uh, type things. It, it, it's, a, it's a real book that carries real power. Amen? It's a real book that carries real power. This is the Word of God. People say, I want to know God. How do I know God? How do you know God? I know Him through reading His Word. I know Him through reading His Word. I get to know Him. I'm in fellowship with Him. I learn to love Him. I learn to follow Him by getting in the Word of God. How do, how do I get to know God? I get in His Word. I follow what He says. I, I, I listen to what He says. Amen. You know, one of the things even I want to talk about, even, even about fishing, because I've had the opportunity to go fishing some this spring, and I, I, love, I love trout fishing. I, I, you know, before we left to go to Hawaii, I, I, would spend, I would spend weekends in the mountains, not Sundays. I'd always go to church, but I would spend, you know, through, even through the week, I would spend time in the mountains trout fishing. And, you know, to be honest with you, I like catching trout. I, 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 I've never had a problem catching fish up until this year. I mean, if that, that is the honest truth. Some of you guys that went with me, I, you know, I always went fishing, and I always caught fish. I would catch five, six fish, come home, bring my lemon home, and come home. But at the beginning of this year, I was like, What's going on? I'm not throwing the right bait. I'm not, I'm not throwing the right lures. But, you know, one of the things that, that, I, that I've learned about trout fishing, you know, Jesus, Jesus is saying here, I'm going to make you just, I, I want you to follow along with me because there, there's a lot to this. Jesus is saying, I'm going to make you fishers of men. You know, as I thought about this whole sermon and I, I begin to think about a fisherman, you know, e even trout fishing, because, you know, it's not like going catfishing. You know, when you go catfishing, you got to pull a tackle box maybe a sweatshirt. When you go trout fishing, it's different. It's different. You, you got a vest, and your vest is full of all kinds of stuff. You've got every kind of lure. You've got every kind of, you got power bait, you got shrimp eggs, you got, you know, you look at anybody's fishing vest. I mean, some, those are the guys in here that fish. And, you know, you, you, your vest is just full of all, you got a stringer, you got a net. You know, I didn't have a net at the beginning of the year. I, you know, I left my net. I didn't know where my net was. I ha I've had fish get off this year. Anybody had fish get off this year because they didn't have a net? I didn't have a net, but I got a net. But you have all this stuff. You have all this stuff, all these things with you when you go trout fishing. And, and the idea is, is to catch fish. It's, it, it's, the, it's the absolute idea that you're going to catch fish. Jesus is saying here, I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Follow me. Come and, come and see what I do. Come and look at what I do. Come and observe what I do. You know, you buy the boots. You buy the waders. You, you buy it all. 
And, you know, I will say that trout fishing is probably one, well, aside from deep sea fishing, it probably next to is one of the most expensive fishing types of fishing to get into. Because, you know, even, even when you go trout fishing, you want to look good. You know, right, guys? You want to look good. You want to have, have the right bibs. I mean, you've got to have that new vest. You've got to have that new hat. Because, see, that matters. Because the fish, you, you want to look good on the stream. You know, because you, you drive down the road and you see somebody streaming. Hey, that guy looks pretty good out there in his bibs and his waders and all that. You know, he's got to be catching fish because he looks good. He looks good. But, you know, one of, the thing, one of the things about fishing is that when the fish start to bite, everybody will sometimes crowd around that one person. They're looking for that fishing anointing. You know, they're, they're, looking, they're looking to go over and rub against that guy. And Jesse and I were fishing up in, on, on Glady here recently, and, and uh, there was a big hole down there. And I was like, I just don't like going down in there. Jesse said, I'm going down in there. You know, I've seen some fish down in there. Next thing I know, I look down there, and there's Jesse pulling a fish out of the water. But one of the things that Jesus did, he made fishermen out of men. These guys were already commercial fish, fishermen. They, they, they knew how to fish. But Jesus was saying, look, I'm, I'm going I'm to show you how to win people. I'm going to show you how to, how to go out and, and win people. And, you know, and I believe that even at the very beginning part of this, they didn't know the true cost of what Jesus was even talking about. And I'm going to tell you that even today in your faith and even in your walk with God, you may not know. Or have everything figured out. You may, you, you may, be, you may be in the process of saying, you know what, I, I'm, I'm ready to be discipled. I'm, I'm ready to be a fisherman. You know, I give everybody a lure today as a reminder. You're a fisherman. You know, if you like to fish, that's great. But I'm telling you, God is casting a net across the United States right now. He's casting a net across this city. He's casting his nets throughout this whole region, throughout Hawaii, throughout, throughout, throughout everywhere. He's casting his nets, in the, and he's looking for his fishermen. He's looking for the ones that will go. You know, you know I want you to understand, it, it may be that you, you, like I said, you don't understand the cost. But you've got to understand there's a purpose. You know, I got a message last night from, a, from an evangelist, and, you know, and, and the message was, we need to win souls more. That souls, souls right now, we've got to bring more people into the kingdom now than ever before. And, you know, and it's, it's like that was the word that was stirring in my spirit this week. We've got to do whatever we can do to bring, to bring people into Christ. So you know what God's doing in this hour? I believe he's raising up fishermen. It's not, it's not so much that we, we look so good in it. And I, and I realize this. I realize this more now. You know, being a Christian can be messy. <laughs> serving God. I'm not saying serving God's messy. I'm just saying when you're willing to do what God asks you to do, man, it can get, it can get messy. You, are you willing to go down under the bridge to meet with someone, to tell them about Jesus? To, you know, are, are you willing to go the extra mile to, to share the gospel with someone? Are, are, you willing, are you willing to be a true fisherman? You know, what I love about Jesus is because, you know, Jesus was raising up these disciples. You know what he was doing? He was teaching them. He was giving, he was giving, them, he was giving them the truth. He was, he was sitting down with them, and he would take time, and he would teach them. And then he would go out into the mass crowds, and he would, he would teach, and he would preach to the people. But then he would pull his, his 12 back to him, and he would, he would teach them, and he would show them things so that they would be sharp, so they would be ready to go out. 
And see, that's the thing about true discipleship. That's the one thing that we have to do as the body of Christ. We have to be willing to, true, uh, to, to truly disciple people, to be built up in the most holy faith. You know, I, I see church, you know, e- even, even, uh, you know e- even soon. I see church that on a Sunday, you know what we need to do? We need to, you know, church needs to be a refueling thing. We need to come in. We need to get touched by the power of God. We need to experience God so we can go out through the week and tell people about Jesus. That we don't, we're not carrying depression. We're not carrying anxiety. We're not carrying fear. Because I'm telling you, there's enough of that in the world. Amen? There is enough of that in the world. But, God, but that we're carrying something that God said that we have access to, and that's power. And that's, that's, that's His true power. That's His true power. I don't, I'm, not, I'm still not even in my notes, but, but you know what? That's okay. You know, the one thing about fishing that, 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 I've, that I've taken time to understand is it, it's one of those things that you really truly need to observe. You need to watch somebody do it. I remember the first time I took Zane fishing. Whew. That was an experience. We were on Schaefer's Fort. He was more concerned about being in the water than fishing, fishing in the water. You know, he had one foot in the water because, you, know, you know, he didn't have waders. I think he had flip-flops on or maybe he was barefoot. My kids all ran around barefoot. Ever before they even got to Hawaii, you know, they just walked across rocks. I can't do that. But, you know, I remember the first time I took Zane fishing. I think maybe he threw the whole pole in the water. <laughs> he just spit all over himself. That's not good. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> he threw the whole, whole pole in the water. But, and I'm like, son, that's not how you fish. You know, you've got, you've got to learn. And so it, it was a matter of taking the time. And it's, it's, a, it's a matter of, 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 of observing. And one of the things I want to say to you guys today is that Jesus himself was, was there for, the, for his disciples to look at, to watch, to see how he was going to do things. You know, John 21, 25, it's, it's an interesting passage. We know that Jesus, how many people did he heal? He healed all, it says. That's what the Bible said. You know, and one of the things he did was, you know, he, he, he wanted people to, to repent and, and turn away from their sins. In John 21, 25, it says, if, there were all, if all the miracles were written down, all the things that Jesus had done, I suppose that the whole world could not contain the books, the books, the number of books that would be written. So to think about, to think about that everything that Jesus spoke, everything that Jesus did was, was really, was, was miraculous. I suppose there's not enough books in the world that could contain everything that Jesus had done, everything Jesus had seen. So think about that. Think about that, that everything that he was doing, he, he was, a, he, you know, the things that he spoke, the things that he said. You know, they couldn't capture even the words, the things that were flowing out of his mouth. But you know what's fascinating about Jesus? He was man in flesh. He was just like you and I. You know, one of the things I, I thought about it this week, I, I thought... You know, it's, you know, if God would have just, you know, you know, just from the clouds directed us, you, you, we think that it would have been so much more easier. I don't think so. I think Jesus come in flesh, God come in flesh for a purpose and for a reason. So he could actually sit down with people. He could look at them right in the eyes just like a brother can look at a brother. A sister can look at a sister. And you could see the flesh. You could see the genuine concern that, that, that he himself was just like us. You know, he was just like us, but you know what the Bible says? The Bible says he was without sin. He didn't sin. 
So he showed us a way to make, make it possible that you could live a life, you could be, you could be a Christian, amen, and, and live without sin, that you could live holy. He accomplished that. That's fascinating to me. That's fascinating to me. You know, in, in Luke, Jesus tells his disciples to, to preach repentance and forgiveness of sins and, and, and promises them with divine power. He, he, he's telling his disciples, and I want to tell you, these are the very same things that Jesus says that we have access to. You know, in the book of Acts, we love the miracles in Acts. We love to see God's demonstration in power. And it, it, You know, isn't it great when you, you ever get in the book of Acts and you read it and you're just like, man, that's, that's amazing. You know that you, you were in jail and, 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 the, and the doors opened and you just walked right out? I mean, there's probably some guys in jail that would like for that to happen. But, you know, here, here Peter, the, the doors, the doors that were shut, he, you know, the, they were open and he walked right out. He walked right out. You know, Jesus give us the Holy Spirit to inspire us. And that's what he was giving his disciples. He, you know, that's why he told them, you know, Terry in Jerusalem, wait on this thing called the Holy Spirit. Wait, wait on something. I'm going to give you something. It's going to equip you. It's going to be a part of you. It's going to help you. It's going to help you disciple others. I'm going to tell you this. You, you need the Holy Spirit in your life to disciple other people. You, you need the sensing of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because listen, I'm telling you, if you're going to make disciples and you're going to be the father to other, uh, to other spiritual kids, you're going to be the mother to other people, you need the Holy Spirit. You need the power of God. Because listen, if you don't have that, I'm, it'll, it'll be like, Acts, I think it was Acts 19, when, you know, when, the, when the religious people stood up and, and they, were, they were trying to cast out demons you know, in, the, in the name of Paul who Jesus knew. And you know what happened to those guys, the religious people? You know what happens when people don't carry the power of God? They get beat up. And that's exactly what happened in Acts. Those guys got beat up. The religious leaders, you know what? They were beat up and they were stripped of their clothes and they ran off naked. That's in the Bible. They, they didn't carry the demonstration and power of God. So it's important that we understand to be a fisherman of men. We have to carry the Holy Spirit. We can't, you know, and listen, it's not the Holy Spirit that you can put, you know, it's not, it's not that you, you, you have it to teach and show people things, just as the Holy Spirit teaches and shows us things. But it's not, it's not to push it off on someone else. And I'm telling you, I believe that we're in an hour and we're in a time that true discipleship is going gonna, is gonna to raise up in the body of Christ. You know, one man's gonna go, is going to be able to disciple another man, and it's going to happen very quickly. One woman's going to be able to disciple another woman. You know, the, God's going to begin to unite the body that way. That I, iron sharpens iron. That people are going to come to a place where, you know, where, they can, where they can encourage one another, be built up in the most holy faith for the purpose of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For the purpose of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for the gospel to go out, for the gospel to be shared. You know, I, signs, wonders, miracles. Yes, I want. Yeah, we we want to see the demonstration and power of God. And many times, these things are for the unbelievers. We want to see the power of God. But listen, there there is nothing more than than you know than the one Lord that I that I know Jesus. You know what he? You know the one? You know I I, I, thought, I thought about it the other day. You know. You know, if you're trout fishing, you may go through like five or six things before you get a bite. And you know, there was one lure that Jesus threw, he always threw, and he always caught something. It was love. It was that lure called love. 
He, he, he would throw that thing out there. He was compassionate. He cared about people. I, I mean, to think about that, to think about how much Jesus himself cared about people. He was always willing to throw out that one lure. It wasn't like, you know, I, I don't even think he had to fish with another lure. A lot of times, you know, when you're fishing, you know, we, we, we you know, you know, even, even the things that we've done, I've, you know, we've been in ministry now full time, eight, nine years. We have done, you know, we have done a lot of different things. We've had festivals. We've given away five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars worth of stuff. We've, you know, we, we've, 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 we've done outreaches. We've done things like that. You know, and we're going to continue to do that stuff. That's, that's one way of, of showing people love. But I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like people coming together and connecting and, you know, caring for one another, helping one another out. And I believe that's one of the things, that, and I think that's one of the things that the enemy makes the mistake in. You know, even as, all, as chaotic as things have been over the last three or four months, you know, the one thing I love about humanity and the one thing I love about God is, is that God cares about people. And you know what? People care about people. I don't care what the enemy says. People think, all, you know, there, there, there is a hatred going on. But look, you know, just even look around. Look around and, and, and see people. I mean, it's not like people in, walked in here and said, I hate you today. I hate you. It's not, like, it's not like that's what's going on truly in the body of Christ. When our focus shifts, you know, when our focus begins to shift and we begin to see people like God sees people, that's when we begin to say, you know what, I'm going to do more for God. I'm going to do more for God. I'm, I'm willing to do more for God. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus, you think about, you know, who Jesus was to us. Who, who he is for, 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 for us that follow him. He's everything. He's everything. And people, you know, people say, really? God's everything? You know, God is everything to me. You know, did I have that figured out when I first got saved? No, I, I didn't have it figured out. But I begin to learn. I begin to see it. I begin to see that God is everything. Without, without him, I, I have nothing. Without him, I, I don't have my health. Without him, I, 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 don't, I don't have sons in the faith. You know, I've got sons in here. I've got my own sons, you know, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I have sons. I pray for my kids. I've got other sons in here. You know, Akilah, I mean, you know, goodness. We have traveled some miles together. And people don't, people don't know. They, they, you know, the things, you know... You know, I thought about it this week. The, the number of things we've seen happen, God do, God do amazing things. The, the miraculous, to see, see God do those things. It, to see souls saved. People get saved that you never thought would ever get saved. People come and knock on your door and apologize because, because God sent them there. God do that because, you know, people naturally don't want to just go apologize. It's God. It's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that, 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 that really just moves on someone. You know, sinners, people that aren't even saved. I don't even know why I'm coming to apologize to you. I'm just coming to apologize to you. They, and they still don't want to serve God. They just want to come and apologize. Isn't that something? See, isn't that something how God really works with people? He, he truly works with people. He truly works with people. Go to 1 Corinthians 4, uh, 4 real quick. 1 Corinthians 4.15. You know, the disciples, one of the things that they, they did was they watched Jesus Christ perform. 
And it wasn't the fact that, you know, he, he, was, he was here for, uh, to, to perform like a performance. He was here to show them how to act, how to be. You know, think about it. He sent them out to cast out demons. He sent them out to heal the sick. That's what Jesus did. He sent them out to do these things. This is biblical. This is very biblical. 1 Corinthians 4. This is what Paul says. This is for, for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have forgotten you through the gospel. Therefore I urge you, imitate me for the reason I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. You know, and, and, I, and I think what's, what's great about this is that you see the very words intimidate, be like me, be like me. And that was one of the things Jesus was saying to the disciples. You know, one of the things he was trying to teach them, and be like me, be like me. You know, live a life, live a life worth live that life of love, live that life of, of courageous, courageousness, but live that life like Christ lived. You know, live a life that people want to follow. I, I want to follow that. I want to be like that. You know, in a world today where, you know, you, you know, everybody has an opinion, you can be whoever you want to be. Absolutely, I believe that. But you know what? I'm thankful that God has given me role models. I'm thankful that even what, even what Paul's saying here, you know, because you know, he trained up Timothy. He trained up Timothy to, to be able to go and to give an encouraging word. To, 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 he raised him up. I'm thankful that God has placed people in my life. And, you know, and Pastor Miranda, you know, she preaches on that. You need somebody in your life that can encourage you, somebody that will challenge you. Somebody that will push you and somebody that may tick you off every once in a while, but you need that person in your life because that's what makes you better. That's what makes you stronger. And I believe that even Paul was that to Timothy, that, you know, to, to become better in Christ, you need to be pushed a little bit. You, you need, I'm telling you, you've got, you know, sometimes somebody's got to really just pinch you hard to get you to move I, I don't go around pinching anybody now but I, I understand but to imitate the things of Christ sometimes we've got to be pushed into an area that feels uncomfortable an area you know it's like it's like soul winning we were talking about the other day not everybody likes to go out soul winning that's got to be one of the most uncomfortable things to do in the world to go knock on someone's door and tell them hey Jesus loves you and, and that the other thing you have to follow up I'm not a Jehovah Witness and I'm not a Mormon you know you got to follow you know you, you, but it, it can be one of the most uncomfortable things to do is to tell somebody about Jesus you know but it's like that lore it's like why I give it to people because I want you to look at it because I want you to understand that God has made you he has created you to be a fisher of men he's made you and created you to tell someone about Jesus to share this good news to share this gospel you know I'm going to hang mine in my car I don't I'm going to hang it right there just as a reminder just as a reminder that God has made me he has created me to be a fisherman of people not just of men but of people I know the scripture says men but he's he's created me to be a fisherman and I'm telling you, you know even the even the analogy of, of being a fisherman there's a process to fishing there's a true process to fishing I'm, I'm coming out of that now but but you know, I, I'm thankful that God has placed people in my life. You know, listen to me, guys. You Get people that you will allow to speak into your life. Get, get people that you, that you can trust. 
Get people that will give you honest, flat-out opinion. You know, the first time I preached for Dr. Morocco at, at, the, at the cathedral, you know, I come down off the stage and he said, it was a good word, you know. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm just like, sir, what can I do to be better? What, what can I do to be better? How could I improve my message? What, what can I do to be better? Because I'm not the best preacher. I, I know that. I, I know I've, I've heard anointed men and, men and women of God. What can I do to be better? What can I do to be stronger in the word? What can, you know, those are the things that I want to do. Even today, I sent out messages. I sent out messages to some of the spiritual people that have had an influence in my life. And you know what they did? You know, hey, thanks. Thanks. That's how they responded. You know, Thank you for sowing into my life. Thank you for being there for me. Thank you for even when I was stubborn. Thank you for even, even when I was, I was maybe out of line. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for correcting me. Can I tell you that even, even it's good to have people in your life that will correct you? Isn't that hard? But listen, I, I, what I want to tell you, that, that was the thing of Jesus. That's what Jesus was doing. He was teaching. He was there to help correct. He was there to help guide. Just, just like, like I said, just like you need somebody that can show you how to do things. I'm thankful that along the way we've had great people influence our life to, to be able to pray for us. Above else, pray for us. You know, because, you know, even when we answered the call the first time to go into the missions field, nobody really knew how to give us, like, well, this is what you, you know, th- these are the five steps into being, becoming a minister. You need to do this, you need to do that. Well, you could do this and you could do that. No, it was just the fact that you know, we got to go and, and we got we to gotta begin to, to, to move up. We've got to begin to place ourselves with people that, can, can, that, that are stronger than us. We weren't strong in ministry, so we were hungry. Miranda was breaking into meetings in Maui. You know, even when I think Shirley was visiting one time and I think Dr. Rodney was in Maui. And Miranda woke up that morning. I said, where are you going? She said, I'm going to KC. I said, you're not staff. It's a staff meeting. You can't go to KC. She was like, I'm hungry. And I said, go get something to eat. You know, she, no, no, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I, 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 I got to go be in this meeting. I was like, honey, you, you can't go to their meeting. It's a staff meeting. It's a closed meeting. She left. She went to the meeting. <laughs> she went to the meeting. And, you know, I, I went to the beach. So... Um, <laughs> True story. I went to the beach. She went to the she went to the meeting, and you know, I, she came back and I said, you know, what, honey, what what? How was the meeting? She was like, I was. It was good. It was good. She said, you know, I sat in the back because I didn't want to sit up front with all the staff because, you know, because everybody's friendly. Everybody in Hawaii, everybody comes up and gives you a hug, and and, and they thought she was just somebody new to the team. She wasn't. She didn't work for KC. So. She worked for me, so praise God. And so, uh, so you know, they were coming up, and they were greeting her, giving her a hug, and saying, you know, well, where are you from? She said, well, I'm from Hana. <laughs> you know, so she should have said West Virginia. But, uh, but you know, I'm from Hana. Well, you know, we have a pastor in Hana. You should meet him. And, and, you know, nice to have you in the meeting. And, of course, she's just back there in the back, you know. But, you know, e- even in that, what I, e- even understand, you know, that's the thing. When you, when you desire to be around the anointing, when you desire and you begin to get hungry, you begin to desire and you see what other people have, I'm telling you, that's when, that's when things can change. You can look at someone's life and say, that person's going somewhere. I can see that they're going somewhere. I want to imitate that. I want to see that. I, I, I want to jump into that. And l- listen, guys, you know, God, God can... God can do anything he wants to do. But the one thing I know now, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm sh- to sure to say this, he has placed people on this earth 
Think about the books you've read. Think about the, the anointed men and women of God that you can look at and read, and you can grab something from them because they've explained it. Oh, isn't that good? That you, that, you, that you read that, that you see that, and you're like, oh, man, that's hitting me right here. It's touching me right here. I was, I was listening to Rod Parsley, and I know it's where you guys went to Bible school. I was listening to him a couple of days ago, and I'm like, bruh. I mean, I got, you know, I just, I was listening to that. It was like a Holy Ghost. It just like hit me in the room, you know. It, it, that can happen. You, you know, that can happen. And God can deposit something right here from a man, from a man that God's using. And I'm telling you, it's important. It's important. Understand. But you, this is the piece. Imitate. Imitate Christ. This is the point, though. And this is, this is what I want to say to fathers. This is what I want to say to the men. This is what I want to say to the ladies. You've got to be that person in someone's life. Don't miss this connect because you've got to be that bridge for someone. You've got to be someone to someone. I know that maybe that doesn't make, but you've, you've got to do that. You've got to, be, you've got to step out and say, I, 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 I can help this person. See, that was the one thing Jesus Christ was always throwing out. You know, he trained 12 people. He could have trained 12 million people. Do you understand? He trained 12 people. He showed them the things of God. He, he met with them. He ate with them. He, you know, it, it, it was very intimate. You know, he, he knew what was going to happen. And as Zane and I were talking about last night, thinking about, you know, like Peter, you know, Peter was like, and Rand and I were talking about, it's like Peter was like, you know, you're not going to die. You're, 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 no, you're not going to die. You're going to live. You know, and finally, you know, he had to look at Peter and say, get behind me, Satan. You don't understand what I have to do. You don't understand what I'm called to do. You don't understand the position that I have to take for humanity. You don't understand that I've got to lay my life and I've got to shed my blood for everyone. For even future sins, the sins that you've committed, the sins that, we, that, that are even committed amongst us today. He carried that out over 2,000 years ago. He was nailed to a cross. <laughs> Imitate Christ. Man, I, I tell you, think about it. Imitating Christ. What, what, would, what would He have done? What would He do? And I'm going to tell you, you know, the, the one thing about love, that's who God, that's who God is. You know, I, I got to tell you, I don't, see, I don't see God. I don't see Jesus. I don't see him as a harsh God. I don't see him as, as somebody that's judging me. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. I, you know, I'm thankful that God has helped me understand forgiveness. I'm thankful that God, you know, that I, I, I don't hold things. I might get, I'm, you, you, everybody can get hurt. You understand, right? Everybody can get, you can, your feelings can get a little hurt. Some, you, something can happen that can, can ruffle you. But you know what, I'm thankful that even at the end of the day, that even when I process everything, I can go back to thinking, man, I'm forgiven. That's why I should forgive. I'm loved. That's why I should love. Seems simple. It, it seems simple. I love because I'm loved. I, 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 don't, I don't hold unforgiveness because I'm forgiven. And I tell you, what a perspective. What a perspective to have. What, what, what a way to see things. Seeing things as God sees things. You know, I've had, you know, even people that have, you know, spoken to my life. You know, Pastor Ron, I sent him a message this morning. He's preaching. Dr. Morocco, he'll wake up to a message later on. Jonathan, you know, I mean, he, he sowed into our life. I mean, tremendously. 
spiritually. I mean, deposits, deposits. And I don't, it's not like I talk to these men. I, you know, I talk to Dr. Morocco the most. He's our senior pastor. I don't, I don't I hardly ever talk to these guys. But it was just to even to take the time out today to say thank you. Even, even at times, you know, it's not, it's not a thing about agreement or disagreement. You know, it's, it's a matter of finding your purpose. It's a matter of honing in what God has you to do. And once you do that, I, I'm telling you, everything changes. Every, everything shifts. Everything changes. When, when you find what God has, has for you and what God's, God's asking you to do. You know, John 13, this is what Jesus said. It says, little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You shall seek me, as I said to the Jews. Where am I going? You cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, understand, that's the thing that Jesus was throwing out. He was throwing out love. John 13. If you were flipping there, I apologize for moving too quick. John 13, uh, 33. He was throwing out love. And I'm telling you, if there's one thing that, that we can offer people in this hour, it, 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 it's, it's, the, it's the true manifestation of love. It, it, it's to go ab- above and beyond and, and love people and care for people. You know how the gospel wins? It's love. It's not hatred. It's not hating your brother. It's not hating your sister. It's not church being pinned against church. You know, when we moved here, you know what we did? We started, I understand. When we moved here, what would, what did we do? Anybody that was a part of our program, we prayed for churches. I, we still pray for churches. I was praying for the biggest churches here to open back up. I, th- th- that's important because it's, it's God's church. You understand? It's, it's, it's His house. I, we, we're, you know, well, why don't you pray for your church? We pray for our church too, but we pray for other churches to open up. You know, I was praying for Doctor never to close on Maui, and he's managed to be there every Sunday, giving away two, three, four, five hundred thousand pounds of food. They had a word, and it was a fascinating word. They had a word spoken over them in 2016, 2017, that 2020, that the church, that that KC in all of Hawaii would actually be the beacon or would be the light for the whole island. And you know what? They've given more food away than any other, than any other entity throughout all the islands. They've kept their doors open. You know, they're mandated to wear a mask. Doctor's wearing a mask. He's blessing people as they come through and give them a, a grocery bag. Praise God. It's great to have role models in your life. It's great, it's great to see that. It's encouraging. But love... Love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. I'm telling you guys, that, that's the thing that's going to change this. And hear my heart, that's the thing that's going to turn things around, is love. You know, it, you know, I'm a guy up here talking about love on a Sunday morning, but I'm telling you, that, that's the thing that's going to that's shift. It's going to shift our direction. It's going it's to shift the church into what I believe is going to be the greatest revival we've ever seen. Prior to Jesus coming, coming back, I believe, listen, I believe that there's going to be a great revival. People say, how could that happen? Look at, look at everything that's going on. How could that happen? It's because of love. 
It's because the deposit, the very deposit that lives inside of you is Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Did you not receive? Did you not receive? I'm telling you, understand, you've got something in you, and I'm telling you, listen, you've got to stir it up. It's what, it's what sends a team out. It's like what we talked about discipleship the other day. You know, Zain and Halama going out praying for people. You know, and people, some people are like, you know, nah, just. Zane said, you know, he was talking about it yesterday. He said, you know, Daddy said, like, we were down this one block, and he's like, he said, I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, you need to, I need to go to another block. And he said what they did was they, they moved over, and they went to another block, and there was favor. And they started, they started having favor with people, and, and they started praying with people. He said, you know, that one whole block, I, I said, which one was it? And he showed it to me yesterday. I was like, yeah, we, we went down through there. So people were very cold. But, you know, cold people, you know, and I commend you guys. Cold people still need to hear the gospel. You understand, that, but see, that's the importance. You may be that one person for someone. You may be the, yeah, please hear me. You, you may be the last person someone has a chance or an opportunity to talk to to be able to tell them about Jesus. I've lost friends at 20, 15, 13. You know, I think about Dre. He come in and heard the gospel. How old was he when he was killed? 16 years old. Come in with his family. 16 years old. He's dead. Comes in, comes in at maybe at 11 or 12 years of age and comes in and gives his heart to Jesus and he weeps. He weeps before God. Uh, see, and I'm telling you, that's the love. Breezy. That's the love. That's, the, that's humanity. You know, his, his, his sister. I mean, I watched her give, you know, she was killed last year. 19. A baby. This stuff's hard. But I watched her answer an altar call one time in, a, in Maui. Todd White was there. 400, 500 people. He gave an altar call. Nobody moved. Yeah, I mean, it's like one of those things like, that's a good altar call. Nobody's moving. I mean, because you, you, there was an anointing. There was an anointing for souls. And you know what he did? He grabbed the mic, and he just started walking up and down, walking through the aisles, and he began singing. Didn't even know Todd White could sing. He, maybe he didn't even know he could sing that day. Maybe there was a real visit from God that, you know, come on him for an anointing. And he began to just cry out and, 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 and sing hallelujah. And, you know, I think at one point he got down on his knees and he just, yeah, it's who he is. I mean, he's a, he's a great guy. He's, he carries an anointing. He, he got down on his knees, began to worship God. He got up and he gave the altar call again. And Breezy, out of 400 people, was the first one to come out of the aisle and go up and, 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 and give her heart to Jesus again. I'm telling you guys, you're someone to somebody. You know, getting people into a place where they can hear the gospel, it's like these meetings. It, you know, it's, it's, it's even like just even this July 5th meeting. I, you guys understand that Jesus could come back at any time. I... I you know, and they, you know, people say, they've been saying that for a long time. The mockers, you know, they've been talking about this for a long time, that Jesus is going to come back. But I'm going to tell you, listen, guys, he is going to come back. And, and, and you know, are we going to see it in our lifetime? Likely we could. I don't you understand. I don't know. I, I, but I'm telling you, the signs, everything that we're seeing right now, everything that, that, that is happening, I'm telling you, it, <laughs> That eastern sky could split at any time. See, and that, that's the thing about this gospel. It's not a game. 
It's not a game. God, you see, hell was never created for people. It's not created for people, but people will go there because they denied Christ. And see, that was the thing. That was what Jesus was doing. He was making disciples, and he was telling people, you know, uh, uh, you know he was telling people even truly about who he was. But I'm going to tell you, this is, and I want to close out with this today. You know, love, and listen, if, you, if you, can, you, can, you can muster up inside of you that thing that God put inside of you, you know, when you, get, when you got saved. And I tell you, understand, you've got to stir this stuff up. You, you can't just show up and, and, and you know, and, and just, you've got to keep things stirred up. Because multiple things can come against you throughout, throughout even a week. You've got to keep things stirred up inside of you. You've got, I mean, you've got to keep the Word of God in front of you. You can't, you know, your guys are here, praise God. But I'm telling you, when the Bible says that in the latter days the church should meet more often, it's the purpose. Because you've got to understand something. Spiritually, there are things going on that we will never see. But I'm telling you, spiritually right now, there's a battle. There is a battle for souls. Why did God say that in the last days the church would meet more often? It's so that we can come in, we can encourage one another up, pray for one another, lay hands on one another, and say, brother, you're going into the hood this week, and you're going to go win souls. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, go. And that's the kind of stuff. That God's going to do. But see, that, that's, that's the purpose of coming together. To be built up in the most holy faith so what? We could go out. I'm not telling you you have to quit your work. Your, your work may be that ministry location. Your work may be that. You, you know, understand the, the workplace you're in is the very place God can use you. He can use you. He, understand, He's anointed you. Not, not, not with less, but more. He's anointed you. And you know what? He, I'm telling you, he can, <laughs> he can, he's God. He can, he can do anything, yes. But I'm, even aside from that, please don't, uh, please don't miss the love factor. Don't, don't miss the love factor. Don't miss that. I want to close out with this. This is out of Luke. If you guys have your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 10. Because we have a merciful God. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. You know, love, love covers over a multitude of sin. Love never fails. Love keeps no record of wrong. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not boastful. We think about the definition of love and what love is. Whew. That's love. I, you know, I even think, you know, e even in marriage, learning about what love is. Love keeps no record of wrong. Y you know, you know, and I'll say this even about, I'm only talking about our marriage. That takes time to even understand. Because, you know, even the first three or four or five years of marriage, and I'm not broadcasting anything major here, but it, it's like, it was like, you know, where we might have a disagreement. And, you know, one of the things that would happen was, well, do you remember when? 47 days ago? At 10 o'clock? You know, we were, we, were, we were going at it. You remember that, you know? You remember that? See, love keeps no record of wrong. That, that's true love. 
I'm, I'm telling you, you know, we, Zephan asked me today, was, you know, we was talking about love. And I said, you know what, the one thing about love, love never fails. Love never fails. Love, love is perfect love, cast out all fear. Praise Jesus. Amen. But love keeps no record of wrong. Can you learn about love? Yes. Yes, you can learn about love. You can, you can learn about love. That was one I had to learn about. Love keeps no record of wrong. You know, if Miranda and I get in an argument, what, what are we talking about what happened last week? I can't even remember what I did yesterday. So, so you know, why am, I, why am I trying to remember what happened three months ago? See, it's, it's important. You know, you know e- even with love, there's, there's an element of forgiveness. Man, we've got we've to operate in forgiveness. And I'm not even preaching on that today. You know, and I'll, and I'll say this one thing about love, because one, before I get into the scripture, love is not an event. You know, we think love, you know, in, in, in our culture is an event, and it's called a wedding. That's not what love is. That's, that's you know, you know in, in Hawaii, one of the things they do in Hawaii, they'll plan six years for, an, for a wedding. I thought, I thought America was bad, where people were like, well, we need two years to, to plan our wedding. In Hawaii, they plan six years for a wedding. I'm going to get married in 2027, you know. I'll be 42 years old. If anybody's watching Hawaii, you may laugh, but it's true. I know it, so I've lived there. They, they, it's what they do. They just, well, we can't get married now. We can't get the, we can't get the hall. You know, we can't. That location, that location isn't open. You know, five families are going to be out of town. So we know that we can't because the food. We've got to have the food. And, you know, it, it, that's, that's how it is. I know Hawaiians are laughing, but it's true. But love is not an event. Love, love is not an event. And what I want to say to you, even at the point of your salvation, that event, it's great to remember. Go back to your first works. Love your first works. Go back to your first works. But I'm telling you, that, at that moment that you got saved, that you felt God, you felt the presence of God, it, 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 that was the beginning part of love. That was the beginning part of you understanding that you have a heavenly Father that loves you, that, that, that will embrace you, that cares about you. That, you know what? The, the biggest thing you need to understand about salvation, at the very point of it, He forgive you. Whatever mess you were in, he forgive you. You may say, well, I wasn't that bad of a sinner. What, you, you were still a sinner. And some of you may say, well, no, I was really a bad sinner. I was doing over-the-top kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, I really needed a Savior. But see, lo- love is not about that. It's not about the event. And see, that's the thing about Jesus. That's the thing about God. You know, he spent three years with his disciples. They were right in there with him. They were, they, they were learning about him. They were seeing the manifestation of love. They were seeing his compassion. They were seeing all that. They only got to spend three years with him. Think about it. In your lifetime, I've been saved 20 years. I've got to spend 20 years with Jesus. They never had that. You know, when Jesus said, greater works you shall do, understand he really meant what he said. Greater works you shall do. Go. 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 I jump ship there. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. I want to close with, the, close with this. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. It says, Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to... Are you going into law school, Danny? Are you going into law school? Okay. Just, just, I want you to raise your hands, because even as I said lawyer, the Lord directed me. I'm going to pray for you. Father, right now, Lord, I thank you that you're going to raise up men. You're going to raise up women. But, Lord, I pray that even, even, uh, even in his heart, 
his desire, Lord, even, even, just, uh, even just in law, that, God, that you're going to raise people up of principle. You're going to raise people up of, uh, of integrity. Lord, that God, integrity, integrity, integrity. You're going to raise those people up. And, Father, I pray. I pray that, God, even on his life, Father, God, that, you know, even, even that word justice and mercy, and, Lord, that, you know, God, that you would, you would give him a heart for those things. And, Lord, I pray that even as he studies, oh, man, even as he studies, even in the word of God as he studies, it's, it's quick. Lord, that his mind would begin to see those things very quickly. But even law books, whatever it may be, that, Lord, e- even in that, that he would, he would comprehend it and know it. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 God stop you there, me to do that. So, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Many of you many have heard this. With all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he was wanting to justify himself to Jesus. And he said, who is my neighbor? So we think about, you know, it's a very, very interesting passage. Who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed him, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by the other side. See, the, the good definition of what, what love isn't. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and he looked and passed by the other side by a certain Samaritan. As he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. Understand, this is Jesus. If we get this, we, we understand Jesus. We understand who he is. He said he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he sat on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, and gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you, whatever more he spends. So which of these three do you think was the neighbor to him, who fell among thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said, Go and do likewise. Mercy, compassion. Oh, that's God's nature. I'm going to tell you, this is why we win. This is why we win. This is why we, you know, as long as we're here, as long as the church is here, people say, man, it's ugly out there. It's ugly. Think people are doing stupid stuff, people burning. Mercy, compassion, love. People talk, you know, about race. Man, I, I tell you, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't look at people. I, I look at people as, as God wants me to look at people. I may have not always done that. I, I don't know. But I see people as God sees people. You know? If you're a jerk, you're a jerk. Black, white, it, it doesn't matter. If you're a jerk, you're a jerk. Hispanic, Mexican, it, it doesn't matter. If you love people, man, it doesn't matter what you, you understand, it doesn't matter. But what I do know is everybody needs a Savior. Everybody needs a Savior. And that Savior is Jesus. Amen. Zane, will you come to the keyboard for me? Everybody needs a Savior.
Everybody needs a Savior. Everybody needs a Savior. I want to say this to the men. Love God. Love God. I said this to the women. Love God. I think Moran and I aren't always like good at preparing Mother's and Father's Day's messages because we see the body as you know each equally important. I'm thankful that God's given me a helpmate. Amen. He's given me a wife to love but also to love me man it's a pretty good deal it's a pretty good deal